The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. Do you have a desire to be famous? Do you want hordes of people screaming your name? Then ask your therapist if Hollywood's right for you. Hollywood, where you can work your entire first year as an unpaid intern, followed by a mandatory minimum 18-hour workday with guaranteed unpaid overtime. Where sexual assault's so common you get to sign a waiver promising not to sue even before you start your new job. Warning, side effects may include insomnia, heavy drug use, thousands of dollars in therapy, alcoholism, bulimia, obesity, hallucinations, loss of integrity, complete loss of moral compass, bleeding from the fingernails after trying to claw your way to the top, as well as excessive chapping of the lips from kissing everyone's ass. If you have these or any other side effects or begin to question your life choices, please contact your therapist because nobody in Hollywood gives a damn. Hollywood, shut up and take it. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Snuggy, I can. Can I call you like Snuggy Bear instead of Bear Fjorda? Can, can you be Snuggy Bear Fjorda? No, my name's Bear Fjorda. Hi, everybody. You can call me Snuggy Bear in private, though. Oh, I can. Yeah, I don't want the world to know that 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 pet name, that nickname. Really? Yes. Didn't you say it on your own media, which has like millions of followers? Okay, you caught, you caught me there. <laughs> Darn it, I've been ratted out. G'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. We have a lot going on this week. Lots of good, lots of bad. We've lost a couple of Hollywood icons. Of course, we lost the late, great Betty White. She was the first female producer ever in Hollywood on a show called Life of Elizabeth. If not for her, none of us ladies working in Hollywood would be able to be there. She not only opened the door, but she kicked it in, and God, she left she left it open for everyone else, and she's left a big hole in our hearts. And, of course, the amazing Sydney Portier. Sir Sidney Portier just passed away. I did not know that one. Yep. So two of the greatest icons in Hollywood history we just lost. That's a damn shame. Yeah. I'm a little I'm, – I'm not doing well. I met uh, Sidney Portier at the African Oscars a few years back, um, and he was the most kind, gracious human being, Sir Sidney Portier, that I've ever, ever met. He was absolutely amazing. That was the one where I fell over in front of the King of Nigeria. My dress went over my head. I ended up on TMZ with my Spanx on display after, yeah, that was, that was an awesome. That's a great way to make a first impression. It was. um, But he was, but you know, uh, so Sidney Portier was lovely. Okay. The guys from TMZ, not so much. There was a lot of laughter. The guys from TMZ, not so much. (laughs) You know, it's funny you're saying uh, Sidney Portier, S-I-D? Sidney. Sidney. Okay, so I've always heard you talk about this person. I just had always thought it was Cindy. No, like it was, Sydney. Okay, now I understand. So Sydney Portier. No, I, I definitely get that now. What uh, African Oscars? Heard that name thrown around a couple of different times. What do you guys talk about there? What's the big event? So for? it really does focus on movies and films coming out of Africa. Okay. It's it's a really big event. Um, I go over. I absolutely love international film. Mm. So I'm always very blessed when I'm invited to go see the African Oscars. I've hosted a couple times there. Um and I think African film brings a different feel, mm-hmm. um, the same as when we bring film in from anywhere else. It gives very, very different perspectives, and it gives a different creative bent on what's going on. And Africa itself is so diverse with mm-hmm. so many different countries um, that when the best of all of these countries come forward, the products you get are just outstanding. 
I, I really do love going to the African Oscars. It's one of my favorite events. That makes sense. At the risk of sounding ignorant to the the context, it wasn't Life of Pi and out of uh, that's India. India. Okay, right. Just that's, that's I'm glad you said it, well. and, and we're right about it. It's a foreign film. What does that have to do with Africa? It doesn't. I was just saying they also provide a different context. It was a different kind of movie. Yeah, when they a different hit the kind States. of movie because it came. Sweetie, hmm? is that the only foreign film you know? <laughs> it's probably Besides not. Star Wars. The only one I can think of. <laughs> is Star Wars a foreign film? No, sugar. The Lord oh, of the Rings God. is definitely a foreign film. That was no, filled it's over an American in a. Was... Just because somewhere is something is filmed somewhere doesn't make it a foreign film. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are so American. I very American. You know what's funny? We had a conversation the other day, and I love this. We were stopping off. Uh, I was at an auto zone. We were stopping off to go to a restaurant, and you said, "Hey, I'll just meet me over at this restaurant." And I first thought, "Well, you can't go if I need the car to opt for auto zone." It was two doors down. <laughs> I and was she, just. Gonna... She looked at me like I'm just gonna walk. <laughs> And the worst part is she talked to the waiter there and he asked this, he, said, he said the same thing. It's like you walked? You walked over here from AutoZone? It's like maybe 30, 40 feet in total. <laughs> like, but the confusion on people's faces that I didn't drive like, you know, the, no, it was about 500, oh, 500. feet. But, oh, God. 500. Yeah. But, the, but like the confusion from you and the guy at, 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 the, at the restaurant, I'm like, yeah. what is wrong with this country? <laughs> I love America. Like this is my country by choice, mm -hmm. but sometimes I forget how different you guys are yeah. from us. Well, like, you know, how are you getting there? Chevrolets. <laughs> like, Chevrolets. I'm, I'm walking. <laughs> yeah, I live here. I'm born and raised here, and I'll still ask what's wrong with this country from time to time. <laughs> I think everyone, that's my right. In I catch that with Australians. Yeah. With Australians, I'm like, Australia, come on, man. You're making me look bad. They're like, a guy got drunk, went in, and beat another guy with a fish. I'm like, it's a Florida or Australia. Please be Florida. Please, damn it, it's Australia. Well, you guys have your own version of a, of a Florida man. No, right? our entire country is Florida man. Your entire country. Every, is every man. time I hear something that could be Florida man, there is a 50 50 chance it's Florida man or it's Australia. Well, I guarantee you this Florida man did not stop, uh, what is it, clean water from flowing into one of its capital cities. That's fantastic. And it has more than once, actually. Oh, are you kidding me? No. I thought a, so that, a kangaroo no. did do it to you guys. Yeah, one time. A kangaroo died now, water source. But you're making it sound like a bunch of hate. We are one of the biggest countries in the world. Knock it off. Um, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us. We have a whole lot on today. We are going to be talking to McDojo Life. So if anyone knows anything about McDojo Life, do you want to do the intro? Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, Rob Ingram has been doing this pro, uh, this this thing. I don't want to say a thing, but this uh, project for years now. What he does is he goes online and he exposes fake martial arts. This being individuals or companies that would otherwise be preying on other uh, people like you and me, either by grossly overcharging them, uh, scamming them various other ways, including various classes they would offer that don't actually teach you anything, or they would abuse their students both sexually, physically, in some cases causing them to pass away. In fact, I made a video describing that today uh, on my TikTok if you want to check that out at Bear Fiorda. But we're going to have him on today in a few minutes to discuss his story, discuss what he's doing and why, probably answer some fan questions as well. So please stick around, invite your friends. If you guys want to know, about, know more about this uh, absolutely heinous part of the martial arts world and industry, you're going to hear it from the guy who's probably the leading expert on the subject. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who's done more research, seen more horrifying things, to be honest with you, uh, or experienced them or talked to these you know, scammers than Rob himself. I don't think there's anyone else who's done more than this guy. I think even Joe Rogan references him. Yeah, more than once. Uh, whenever they're the, the discussing Joe, Joe Rogan's on my naughty list right now. I get that. I, I do get that. He's, he's on my naughty list. But Rob's not, so that's why no, he's on No, I, I like Rob. Rob's, Rob's one of my favorite people. 
Um, and he has a film. They're doing a film right now, so I want to hear more about that. Oh, yeah, I do want to give a quick shout-out before we get any further. Special thanks to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon in Palm Springs, California. Thank you through the pandemic for keeping me red carpet ready because I still had to be on camera even when I couldn't be on carpets. Offered Rentals in Palm Springs, California is doing some giveaways for us here, guys. So we're going to ask you some questions. Technically, we're going to make uh, we're going to have Rob do it because he's got better questions. And if you answer these questions right, you can get a ride at Offered Rentals in Palm Springs, California, or a float at True Rest Sedona or Las Vegas. Uh, and a special thank you to Trainer Joe's Fitness in Palm Desert for getting the hairy bear next to me ready for his next fight. And don't forget to follow the radio show at TuneInBTS across all social media platforms for updates and news on both Hollywood and our guests. I like that. Now, here's my question. Um, with all that's going on with uh, in the fight community now, I know the big thing that you want to see is you want to see uh, Sam Alvey fight Jake Paul. Yeah, and in fact, we did we did a little bit of promo for that. We've been talking about it for a while. We discussed how we want the fight to happen. We reached out to Dana White. We're encouraging everyone to reach out to Dana White, at him on all social media platforms, get him to let Sam beat the crap out of Jake Paul. I'm a little bit You're biased. You're not selling that as like a fight. You're selling that as feeding Jake Paul to, to Sam Alvey. Oh, maybe that's why he's ducking us. Um, <laughs> but no, we're trying to – I really want to watch Sam just put elbows in Jake Paul's face, especially since he offered to step into the cage. Uh, there's no way he's going to get the George Masvidal fight, and it's not even that's not even a good idea. Sam's the better man for this because well, Jake, you can take Sam, quote unquote. You <laughs> yeah. can do it, brother. Yeah. I, Are you lying to him? Of course I am. <laughs> but I think what I find interesting is it's it's like the Cinderella story when you when you hear about that because you've got you know millionaire YouTube star Jake Paul versus fighters fighter Sam Alvey. Sam's kind of on a losing streak. He's kind of on a downswing. I like Sam's response, though. Sam had said that he's not going to have Jake Paul tested. No, he's uh, in fact, and I quote, you can stick it in both ass cheeks for all I care. Jake <laughs> You're not Paul helping. Can, Jake Paul can juice himself up, or another quote, juice to the gills, uh, all he'd like using whatever substance he wants. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. He's not prepared uh, to be kneed in the face. <laughs> but I'm definitely prepared to watch it. You, why do you want to see Sam beat up Jake Paul so bad? Because Sam would look great doing it. You're offended because Jake Paul thinks he can do what you guys do, aren't you? I'm a little bit offended, yeah. I know why he's doing it. I know why he's making the offer. He's, why? Well, he wants – obviously, he wants more publicity and he wants more credit to what he's doing. He of thinks course. more credit, more name, more fans, more whatever. He's, he's a very – as much as a dirtbag he is, he's a very smart entrepreneur. Brilliant promoter. Yeah. I mean, so, he's a rapist. That's part of the dirtbag process right there. He, according to Sam, he's just a bit douchey to look at. So No, I'm just going with Jake the Rapist. They just put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, Jake the Rapist. But that's exactly why I want to see Sam beat the ever-loving tar out of him. I can, For the rapist or just because he's douchey or yes? How about just everything? Just put it all together. Well, and he's I the man to do his, it. So what he's wanting, by going after someone like George Masvidal, he's, he's really trying to get Dana White to acknowledge that he's on the same level as these fighters. Mm -hmm. And and he's just, he's not. No. And in fact, all of his fight, all of his current fights in the professional boxing world, which is the only professional fighting career he's had thus far, have been men well out of their prime, retired, or simply a bunch of wrestlers. Why, why are you putting these guys in the ring with you other than knowing they'll accept it for the money? That's that's the bottom Wasn't line. Wasn't there an issue where Sam had trained with him and punched him before? Because if Sam actually hit him, there's no way he's going to let Sam hit him again. So Sam trained with his brother and gave him a couple of rounds sparring and uh, cracked him good and like held back a lot. And Logan, to his credit, decided after getting hurt by Sam, went back and finished up the rounds. Good for him. Uh, Jake opted to not do it at all. 
And so that's probably why he that's another reason why he may be avoiding the situation altogether. He already has prior experience with Sam. Well, you let Sam sit on your head once a week. Uh, I think well, Sam, I don't think let is the right word. I think Sam sits where Sam wants I'm, to sit. I think unless we're playing playing on the ground, Sam's pulling a lot of his shots <laughs> and playing around with me. So I can only imagine what a, what he means when he says a, a decent crack. Yeah, I have, a, I have a video of you being upside down two days ago against the wall. I have Sam a video of me being upside down two days ago, <laughs> as of this morning when I posted it. <laughs> With Sam, so I'm. I'm just saying, if if Sam's saying it's a decent crack, that that would have been yeah. points to Logan Paul for taking it. Yeah, I'll give you that. He probably Good wasn't ready for that shot. No, certainly harder than what uh, Mayweather would hit him with. Well, we're talking about Logan. Yeah, Logan Paul couldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with Rob from McDojo Life. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, who definitely is back waxed, Bear Fiorda. We'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, the hairiest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda, and our very, very special guest, uh, somebody that my co-host has totally got a fanboy out over. Yeah, absolutely. McDo- at McDojo Life. Michael, uh, sorry. Breathe. I, I know. I Welcome to the Rob, show, man. How hi. You doing? Hi, Rob. <laughs> He's hey, how's it going, it's, y'all? It's going real well. <laughs> I actually have one been waiting on this radio show for this comeback for a while, but I also put out a post about it because I think what you do is super, super important. The level of heinous 
that is in the martial arts world on the side you chose to uh, expose is absolutely astounding to me. So I'm really happy you came back on to talk about this and some of your own projects. Yeah, man, I'm always happy to talk shop, and I appreciate the opportunity to come back and talk again. So it's pretty cool. So can you tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Because I know we talk about McDojo Life, and we've told people to go look at it. Um, but from your perspective, we've said, you know, you uh, expose uh, bullshit dojos. Yeah, from pretty your- much. I, I call out. Um, I call out fake frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles in the martial arts industry. So that's technically what I do for a living. And for those of you in, uh, in the audience who may have missed it from the last time, Rob, would you mind explaining why you got into this part of the industry? Oh, well, I, you know, I've been doing martial arts since I was 12. So about 24 years of my life has been dedicated to nothing but doing martial arts or being a part of it in some way. And I pretty much just had a conversation with one of our students one time when I was actually a coach. Um, I don't do that anymore because I do this full time. <laughs> so now I get to pretty much just train for fun and then call out frauds, which is awesome. Um, but had a conversation with a student one time, uh, and it was only a second class. And me and the, the class had just gotten out, and everybody was just kind of chit-chatting, and we were talking about McDojos. And when we were talking about the subject of McDojos, he was just kind of quiet and off to the side. Um, after everybody left, he pulled me off to the side and he said, what's a McDojo? And I kind of explained it to him. And then he asked me one question that kind of got it started, which was, why doesn't anybody do anything about that? And so the next day I started a McDojo life. That's amazing. You, you know, I, it's no exaggeration to say you save kids, you save people, you save them money, you save them physically, you save them emotionally because of the damage that places like this do, but it really requires you kind of diving to a cesspool of absolute awfulness. How do you deal with that? Um, one day at a time. <laughs> I mean, there's really not anything you, you can really do. I mean, you're going to see some really dirty, dark things and there's nothing you can do about that. You just have to accept that's a part of the job and just keep moving forward. And luckily, um, you know, I guess eventually as time goes on, you get a little bit more numb to it. Um, you know, not everything, because obviously there's still some things that you see that are always going to be upsetting. Um, but you become a little bit more numb to it because you're just kind of used to it, which is a sad thing, but it's true. What's the lighter side of what you do? What is the funniest part to come out of it? I mean, there has to be, you know, you help people, obviously, but there has to be some kind of joy out of this fear. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I mean, I guess technically under the atmosphere of what my job title would be, if you ever needed to look it up on some resume, would be I'm a content creator. And so because of that, I get to do anything I want to do, which is great. Like, there's no other job that has that freedom. If I want to go right now to Indonesia and just do a video about Tanaga Dalam and the crazy things that people believe over there, like, you know, uh, that they can knock people out with their mind, I could do that right now if I want to. Um, we made a song this last year. We, I'm writing a book. Uh, we filmed the documentary. We're filming another documentary coming up. Um, and so, I mean, I can do whatever I want in the atmosphere as long as I'm creative enough. I can do anything I want. So that's awesome. I love that part of the job. What's the weirdest thing you've bumped into while doing this? Um, I, I guess the, the probably one of the weirder things that I've really seen is probably Dale Brown at the moment. He's a little bit of an anomaly. Uh, most people know him as Detroit Dust online, um, and he's kind of everywhere. He's the guy who always looks like he's dressed like a security guard at some cheap outlet mall. 
Um, he's always got a headpiece on and gloves for some reason. Um, and he's probably the strangest one because he's like one of those people that's been a fraud for a really long time. And, you know, he's got back tax issues from like 2006. It's public information. You just go look it up. The dude hasn't paid taxes like on his property since 2006. Um, but if you like really dig into the guy, he's a complete con man. But the, the anomaly is the fact that people think that he's trolling because it's so out there. And he's really, really? the only one. Yeah, people think he's just joking um, because it's so outlandish, some of the things that he's saying. So people think he's like a comedian or something. He's not. <laughs> he's like dead serious about the things that he says. But people think that he's a comedian because he keeps showing up on people's TikToks and he was in like a Master Ken video. So like people think truly in their hearts that this guy has to be just joking. But the fact so they is, think is he's that this like Master Ken. Yeah, they think that. But he's not. He just happens to have been in a Masterkin video one time, but he has a real school. He's been teaching real people. He has a security company. Like he's, he's a huge, terrible human being, to be honest. And, uh, he hides behind this, like he hides behind this image of like the saints of Detroit when he's not, he charges all those people. Like when he's like, we go around and we save lives. Like, no, you don't, you save lives of people who, who actually pay you. For one, you're not a superhero. And then two, he only, like, if you ever look at his videos, he's always in gated communities. Like, like what, you're doing more than the gate was doing? No. <laughs> he's just ridiculous. I, I tell you what, up until the last few seconds of my life, I thought he was a joke. I thought he was a genuine comedian. What? Uh, was like this Master the guy Ken. you were talking Yeah, about? this is the same guy we were talking about in the car the other day on a live stream. We were discussing how someone had wanted me to do a, a video breakdown of him, and I thought, well, you know, I think he's just a comedian. I don't. There's no reason to put him on blast. Like, I wouldn't put Master Ken on blast. He's an actual martial artist that just does a bunch of jokes. Um, but now I'm more concerned for sure. So this guy's real. Like, he's not like he, he Master Ken. He, he thinks he's real. Oh, fuck. I'd like to remind yeah, everyone, every time we use... Bad language on this show. We give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America, the Humane Society of America, and free MMA. We swear because we care. Um, you were saying, Rob? No, he's, he's a huge, well, since we're swearing, he's a huge piece of shit narcissist asshole who, whenever it comes down to him actually getting called out on his stuff by real professionals, and we're talking tip of the spear. He's been called out by Navy SEALs special forces operators, tactical firearms instructors, self-defense experts, and professional fighters have all unanimously said that this guy is horrific at what he's teaching. And that's an opportunity for him if he really cared. Let's just be honest. If he really gave a damn about his students, about his community, since he has all this attention, why wouldn't he take the time to listen to some of the best in the world at what they do, bring them in, and have them teach him how to do better at his job? But rather than doing that, his ego gets in the way. He blocks them. He restricts every comment on his Instagram posts. He deletes comments that, are, uh, that speak out against him. And he blocks anyone who speaks out against him. Like, if you just look at his Instagram, his YouTube, it's, it's blaringly obvious that this man is clearly trying to control a narrative. Hell, he the other day, like he even a had a guy. <laughs> he is. He's a, he's a terrible human being. Um, he had a guy come into his facility the other day and pressure test his stuff. And Dale got shot like five times with one of their airsoft guns. That goes viral. And then his rebuttal to that is he puts out a video of that same guy who was volunteering to help him show a technique. And Dale Brown purposely tries to hurt him when, when the guy's not giving resistance and just letting him show a technique. And he brags about trying to hurt him 
even though the guy was voluntarily allowing him to show a technique. That's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He sounds, now that I'm hearing all about this and the fact that he believes he's real, uh, he sounds incredibly dangerous because he's got a following. He's legitimately trying to teach people this nonsense. And he also puts out content like there's a video right now where this guy pretends to do his techniques, does it poorly, goes to a background heaven kind of thing. And then Dusty or Dale appears in the video saying it's because you didn't practice. He's making fun of himself, which adds credit to what he's doing to a degree. That's, again, why I thought he was just a comedian. Did this, no, this is kind of like, not. That's so scary to me. Because now it goes back to the people can try this legitimately. Okay. Think it's real. Both of you teach people. Both of you are still taught by other people. So both of you have not stopped learning even while you're teaching other people. That seems to be a standard in the in, in the martial arts community. People seem to never stop learning. <coughs> Why would it be well, such I, a hard? Hmm? Sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were done with your your comment. Oh. Why, why would it be such a hard thing for this guy to pull on some of these people and say, hey, we'd never stop learning and, like, fix his shit? Well, I think it's because he's a narcissist. I think, hands down, his ego will not allow him to admit that he is wrong about absolutely anything. Just look at any video up to this point, because I'm sure if he ever hears this, he'll try to put out something as a rebuttal. But if you look at any of his videos whatsoever, he's never wrong. That's a problem. That's a problem. When you're an instructor or a teacher of absolutely anything, you're 100% correct. Your job should be continual education so that way you can teach your students better because there's always somebody better than you. That's a fact. No matter who you are on the planet at anything, there will always be somebody who will be better than you at that thing or equally as good. So why not share information so that way you can get even better to help your students? If not, you're only doing it for the attention and ego. What are the now? We have to go to break in about two minutes, so I don't want to get too heavy into this. But I do want to ask you, what are the biggest downsides to somebody giving out this kind of information? Uh, well, there could be a lot of things. One, financial destitute. So I've seen a lot of people get financially taken advantage of by con artists like this and lose a lot of money because of that. Um, two, losing time. Because once you put in that time and effort into a cult leader, you're never going to get it back, which is always sad because sometimes that could last 20, 30 years. I've seen 30 years in South, uh, South America one time, I called out a fraud, and he had students who were in their 30s before they realized that this man was completely lying to them. That was 30 years of their life. They're never going to get that. Um, people have been sexually abused by instructors like this, and of course, people still do get hurt and or killed because they truly have this false sense of security. Sometimes nothing is better than something that's just enough to get you hurt. Somebody's trying to steal your purse, let them steal your purse. The guy outweighs you by 150 pounds, and he, all he does is eat steroids and fucking learn how to kill people with his hands. Let him have the purse. But if you took that, Dale Brown's weekend course, and then all of a sudden you try, that person punches you in the face, your head ricochets off concrete, now you're dead. I took uh, Bear's self-defense course. The first thing he says is, give him your purse and run. Nobody fucking cares about your <laughs> stupid purse. It, exactly. You know, Good advice. And you don't, Good advice. Thank you. And you don't have to take a self-defense course. That. You just had to have read an article by anyone who actually cares about your own well-being. Uh, your phone doesn't matter. Your keys and wallet everything, don't matter. Everything is replaceable. Everything is replaceable except your life. Yes, again, I took your course. Thank you. It's not really a course. It's you yelling at me because I know true. I got robbed. <laughs> it's not much of a course. It's, it's him kicking me to the gym. It's very true. Can't replace you. That's the only thing you can't replace. 
All right, guys, we are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be back with Rob from McDojo Life. We're going to be talking about all things McDojo. I know you guys are writing in a lot of questions. Last time we didn't get to a lot of them. I'm going to choose three because I have thousands. And we will ask them. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, Bear Fjord, and we'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. You gotta, you got, you gotta warn me, Gabe, when it's coming back, or people are gonna hear me saying things I'm not supposed to say. Shh, it's secrets. I know people heard me talking over the intro. G'day, guys! Welcome back. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host Bear Fiora and our very, very special guest Rob from McDojo Life. I know you guys have reached out on Twitter. We're gonna ask him a few of your questions. Um, Rob, one of the questions we got from Twitter for you is what is the funniest thing you've had happen while doing this, while working on McDojo Life? Oh, man, I got really high at Ron White's condo one time. That was, like, amazing. <laughs> so so I, um, I, when I was driving across country, I was, uh, you know, I wanted to make stops and visit a lot of friends and make content. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to meet with Justin Wren. And we were going to talk about his fight for the forgotten. And we were going to talk about his anti-bully campaigns and all that stuff. And we were going to make a bunch of content. But I got stuck in this horrific traffic getting there. And then by the time I got there, I couldn't find a hotel. So I wind up like going all over town. It took me like two hours to finally find a hotel. And I was like, why is it so busy? And they were like, oh, Joe Rogan, uh, Dave Chappelle um, are performing tonight. And it was in Austin. 
And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So there were people in town, like, filling up all the hotels for a show. And I was like, oh, well, fuck, that's cool. And so I sent Joe Rogan a message. I was like, hey, dude, like, I'm in town. I'd love to buy a ticket to your show. He goes, don't worry about it. I have you a table. And I was like, dude, that is so fucking awesome. And that's not the first time he's done it. And he doesn't ask or want anything in return, which is badass. And so I didn't expect that at all. Well, the reason I went ahead and took that was because I was so late. Justin Wren had a dinner that he had to go to, and we couldn't make the content because I was like six hours late. It was so bad. And so I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to go to this thing. So I wind up going. I'm sitting at a table, and this couple comes in, and they sit down at the table too. Young couple. um, Super nice. We start hitting it off. Um, And then another couple, an older couple, comes in and sits at the same table. And now I thought I was just at some regular table. Well, I was wrong. Because, you know, everybody's coming up on stage one at a time. They're doing their acts. And all of a sudden, Ron White hits the stage. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I didn't even know he was performing. I've never seen him live. This is badass. This is like such a cool moment for me. And he got up on stage and he crushes his set. It's hilarious. He got a standing ovation twice that night. It was so funny. And uh, when he came up, though, the, the younger couple that was at the table, the guy that me and him had been shooting shit, buying each other shots all night, he goes, oh, my dad's on stage. And I go, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I didn't know that you were related. And so, so after Ron White was done, he comes and sits back down at the table. And then we all start talking. And then I realized the people on the other end of the table were the people, uh, the guy was the guy who ran Paul Mitchell hair care products. And also, I think he owned Patron. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm the, lo- I'm the biggest loser at this fucking table. <laughs> These people are awesome. And so, You're like the world's best VIP table. I, Dude, so Ron White is there, and he's talking to his son and his son's fiance, and we're all, like, shooting the shit. And then he buys everybody's shots. And I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a guy. Like, since I'm the, the nobody here, I'm going to buy everybody's shots. And so we just start going back and forth. And so I am wrecked drunk. And his, <laughs> his like, uh, son and his son's fiance were also really drunk. The thing to remember about this that's a very important part of the story is that when you go into this particular event, you had to put your phones in cases that locked and only they could unlock. And so the whole time, no phones were allowed, which was crazy. But that was the thing. You had to put them up. And so show's over. I wind up getting my phone unlocked. I put it in my pocket. And then they, out of nowhere, because I was just going to go back to my hotel, they go, hey, man, uh, Ron White's son goes, do you want to come back and hang out with us tonight? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> like, that's badass. Of course I do. And so I thought we were going back to their condo. So we get to the condo, and it's this beautiful condo. I mean, it's gorgeous. And I'm looking around, and as I'm looking around, still kind of drunk, I notice that there are gold records, platinum records. There's, like, a signed guitar from Aerosmith, like, right just laying on the floor. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, oh, my God, it hit me. I was like, this is fucking Ron White's condo. I was like, they're just here. I was like, this is fucking awesome. And so out of nowhere, the son goes, hey, man, do you smoke weed? And I was like, yeah, I smoke weed. And he pulls out the biggest bag of weed I have ever seen in my goddamn life. It is a golden bag. I shit you not. The bag was like this golden foil. And he opens it up. And I could, like, Scrooge McDuck the amount of nuggets of weed that were in this bag. I could dive in there and swim. There was so much marijuana. And so I was like, oh, this is fucking great. But I'm in a town I don't know. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a little high, but I'm going to set myself an alarm so that way I know when I need to go ahead and start booking my Uber and finding my way back to my hotel because I'm already drunk. So he pulls out this bong that was massive. It was fucking awesome. It was the coolest bong I'd ever seen. In the middle of the bong, it had a a spaceship 
from The Simpsons with the alien in it. If you guys remember the aliens from Simpsons. Yeah, Kang. Wow. Kang and uh, Kuk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Kang and, and I was like, this is the greatest one. <laughs> so we, I take like what I assume is a baby hit so I can keep myself coherent to be able to get back to my hotel later. And when I blew out smoke, it just didn't stop because it hit <laughs> so smooth. I didn't realize how big of a hit I took. So I was like, uh-oh, that's not good <laughs> because now I am going to get really high in about five minutes. And so I'm, he goes, he goes, hey, man, do you want to have a drink? And I was like, yeah, sure. And he pours oh, me a glass of like a, he pours me a glass of tequila and it, Ron White has his own tequila. It's like number one tequila, yeah. just to give him a plug because he's so fucking cool. But number one tequila. So he pours me just a glass of that, right? Now, Ron White hasn't come in yet because he went to some after party. So he's like at that after party and Elon Musk literally was there in the audience that night. Dave Chappelle was there. It's crazy. So he wa- goes to that after party. And of course, there's no fucking way I'd ever get it. But so I'm sitting there and I realize I'm really fucking high. And I look over and his fiance is to my left and he's to my right, uh, uh, Ron White's son. And they're talking to each other and they're also a little inebriated. But I realize I'm so high, I'm inner monologuing. So I'm like kind of talking to myself in my head and I'm like, keep it together, Rob. You're not where you're not. This isn't your place. You don't know where you are. Like, don't look like an asshole. You, you know, this is a cool fucking spot. But I'm so fucking high, I can't keep my shit together. So all I'm doing is smiling and nodding at these people. And every once in a while, every once in a while, they would look over at me like they had just finished, like, a thought. And they were like, you know what I'm saying? And I didn't hear a word they fucking said. But I nod, yeah, exactly, yeah. And then I'd look over to my right, and then the, the guy would do the same thing. He'd be like... You know, you know, right? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And so I have no fucking idea what they said for like an hour. Like an yeah. hour had gone by because my alarm goes off. And I was like, oh, my God. Like I existed in space and time for an hour and I have no fucking idea what's going on right now. And so as I'm sitting there on the couch, Ron White comes in the door. I was like, holy shit. The fucking Ron White. And so he comes in and he tells this great story about how he has like a niece who's trying to get into like NASA, like wants a high position in NASA. Well, the only reason I guess he went to this after party was to talk to Elon Musk and put in a good word for his niece. And so he's talking about how nervous he was to be back on stage, how nervous he was that, you know, there was, so, there was other comedians there that he looked up to and how he was nervous to perform in front of them because it had been so long. And I'm sitting there in my head like, oh my God, it's like a fucking Discovery Channel special. They're just like <laughs> us. Like, He's nervous, too, about shit. And so I'm sitting there just in awe of this conversation of him being just a good human being to try to help out his niece and how he got nervous. And then out of nowhere, he notices me because he didn't even see me at first. And he goes, oh, hey. And he comes over and he plops down on the couch. And when he does, he, like, leans into me with his shoulder and he puts his hand out and he goes, hi, Ron White. I guess he didn't remember that I was at the table with him the whole night. (laughs) But he goes, hi, Ron White. I go, no shit. And I just shake his hand. And I don't even introduce myself. And he lights up a <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, this is the most surreal shit ever. And then we just start talking. And we have just a regular conversation, and he lights up a joint, and we're sharing it, and we're having a conversation. I guess his, uh, his, what, whoever his significant other is at the time FaceTimes him, and he's, like, you know, showing his, like, his uh, step, or his, uh, his son and showing his son's fiance. And he looks over at me, and he goes, this is some random funny guy that's on my couch. And then he like hangs up and I was like, Ron White called me funny. I was like, that's the greatest <laughs> moment ever. And so 
I wind up, you know, he winds up going to bed. And he's like, y'all can stay up and, you know, feel free to crash here if you need to or whatever. And I was like, ah, I probably should go. So I wind up going. So get this shit. The next day, I get on, I'm driving on the road again, going back across country. And I call my best friend. I was like, dude, you would never believe what fucking happened last night. So I tell him all of that. And then he looks at me and he goes, man, I can't wait to see a picture. And I was like, motherfucker. Oh, no. <laughs> I was there with this dude all night and didn't take a goddamn picture. And I'm still kicking myself for that. But it was a pretty fun, like, interesting, surreal moment in this job. <laughs> that's fantastic. So I'm going to go twofold on that. One, that's fantastic. I love that. That's the greatest moment. And I think you've lost, what is it, Pixar, it didn't happen. Like, you've absolutely lost. If people don't believe you on that, you're screwed. No. It, just it happened. I don't so give a fuck. Surreal. Like there's so many shits I don't give because that's like a moment that I get to have for me. And I wish I took a picture, but I think it was even better the fact that I probably wasn't bombarding him with like, hey man, could I get a picture? Um you know, and it was authentic interaction. It was authentic interaction. That's really cool. I think the uh but that also I think there's a good moral here, if if you'll bear with me for a second. Depending on the crowd you're with, because you were just nodding and going with the flow, that could have been the night that you met Ron White and had this incredible story. It also could have been the night you met Al-Qaeda and joined Al-Qaeda. It could just, it really depends on the crowd you're with. When you're that high, you just <laughs> I, go with the I flow. I could have accidentally joined a, a terrorist sect without exactly. knowing it. I was just too high just to say no. <laughs> just sitting there nodding. Just signing your Bible away. <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's like, the- excellent. <laughs> To the credit of being real or not, I'll say this. There are way too many details in that story. No, 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 no. I, I wasn't. Of like, course was, I, I wasn't. I was not second-guessing oh, no, that. Anyone it was out people there who, online. Just anyone who's thinking about it, like, oh, that can't be real. No, no screw that's you. That, it's way that's, too incredible The stories story. I've heard and things I've heard about Ron White, that's very, very real. But that was the best, like, I love that no shit answer. Because that is the literal equivalent of turning around going, yes, I know who you are, Ron White. I live on Earth. <laughs> Makes makes him no shit. Like of course you run white. That was fantastic. Um, and that's it was, it was a cool moment. Yeah, that is really cool. You know, I had a question for you, uh, Rob, but through the process of that incredible story, I've lost it. <laughs> I, I was totally prepared, but now I'm just I, I, like, I got more, the next. I'm like, wait, more story time. Yeah, I know. Story time with Rob. <laughs> Forget everything we're supposed to be talking about. That was really cool. I like that. That was probably one of the coolest stories I think I've had. Uh, I've I've heard with somebody having a celebrity encounter because it was just completely organic, authentic, and you know, no fanboy moment. You just chilled. I love that. Um, well, I was way I guess... too high to fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like. That. Um, so that's your best experience. What's been your worst? Now, now oh, I'm like, we're all happy. I'm like, now I'm gonna fuck it up. <laughs> like, we're all happy. Everyone's doing this. You, Wait for it. You probably should have asked. This one before the other yeah, one. <laughs> I really should have. Um, well, I've had a lot of terrible experiences. Um, and I guess the wor- my hands-down worst experience I've had with this job is there's another website that does kind of what I do, almost exactly what I do, actually, but they only do it for Indonesia. So they only do what I do, but they handle it in Indonesia because Indonesia has a lot of really weird cultural, spiritual things that they do that are basically just nonsense that is so ingrained in the culture that people just still believe it today, such as something like Tanaga Dalam, which means inner power. And they believe they can knock people out with their mind and they can just 
uh, not be hurt by swords. Uh, you'll see a lot of this online of Indonesians taking drills and drilling their tongues or sticking needles inside of them or cutting themselves and wiping it away and nobody's hurt. Um, That's fucking crazy. Eating glass. That's like bullshit. really weird shit. Um, and it's very dangerous because teaching people that you can do that without being hurt is nonsense. It's obviously it's all very much a parlor yeah. trick, but it, fool, it fools the locals because it's so ingrained in their culture. And so I wish there was only a few people that believed this, but I mean, there are thousands upon thousands of people in Indonesia who are devout to this. And so that guy and that website, he calls that stuff out. And uh, in Indonesia, it's their way of calling out what they call public duping is how they phrase it. And so me and that guy collaborate a lot whenever there's something major or whatever, there's something that he's like, Hey, you need to call this out and help me out. I do as best I can. And so one night it was like 11 o'clock at night or so I'm a, uh, I'm getting ready to go to sleep. And so I'm chilling on the couch. And then all of a sudden uh, he sends me a message. He says, you need to see this. And he sends me a video. And the video was of a martial arts group of teenagers varying between the ages of like, what seemed to be like 13 all the way up till 19. There was a group of like six or seven of them, and they were gang raping a woman who was clearly passed out. And during that time, they were doing the most horrific things. They were putting kitchen utensils inside this woman. Um, they're laughing the whole time. She's clearly bleeding. Um, and it was just, I, I had never seen anything like that before, like in real life, like a real thing like yeah. that. And it wasn't like, I wasn't prepared to see it for one. Um, and there was no description to the video. He just said, you need to see this. And I was like, I watched it and I was like fucking blown away by it. And then, so I wound up doing a campaign, um, because Instagram obviously is not going to let me show something like that, nor would I try to expose anybody to that who's not prepared to see it. I started mm -hmm. putting a lot of stuff on my stories about it. Um, and what happened and, uh, screenshots that were PG as best I could to try to like explain what happened. And so I, I was able to get that to start going a little bit viral. And of course, like the kid, the main kid in the video, who's doing most of the sexually inappropriate and explicit things, um, you know, he's only like 15 years old. And so, but it's clear that this woman's passed out drunk. And so I wind up getting a call, not a call, a direct message, sorry, on my DMs from the mother. And so the mother is trying to defend this kid's actions. Um, and I You're mean, fucking it's the me. most, no, for like, it was the strangest thing. Like she was like, you know, the woman they picked up from a bar, she was clearly into it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, she is clearly passed out. She's bleeding. She doesn't move the entire time, nor does she open her eyes the entire time. She makes no reactions whatsoever. This was a gang rape. And I was like, you should be fucking ashamed of yourself for defending him. Yeah. I was like, if that was my mom, she would put me under the goddamn jail. And I was yeah. like, you should be ashamed of yourself. And so I get a message the next day and somebody had confronted him in public, I guess news spreads fast online. That's all I know. And so I guess this kid was outside of an ice cream shop out there in that area. And somebody who follows my page saw him. And I was like, holy shit. And sent me a video of him confessing that it was rape. He confesses twice that it was rape in the conversation that it was non-consensual. And the kid was scared shitless. Like the dude had a camera on him. He was like, you raped that woman, didn't you? And he was like, well, you know, she was passed out, but she wanted it before, blah, 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 all that rapist bullshit. And so come to find out that next day after that, the mom and the son had gone down to the police station. But then when they left, 
They just kind of left. Then nothing happened, even with a video confession. And then I, I talked to my homie over at the other, uh, at the other site. And I was like, yo, what the fuck happened? Like, I heard that they went to the police. Like, what happened? And he was like, well, most likely they paid the police off because he's not arrested. And I guess that's the thing that happens over there. And so this guy, this kid, and this group of people clearly gang-raped a woman. And what was even worse, and I felt bad for this woman, is one of the pictures that I posted was from that martial arts studio that all of these kids had attended. And there was a picture of a woman in one of those photos. And that woman, I guess, because people online don't really pay attention to fucking context, they started harassing her, thinking that she was a part of it. And she wasn't. And she pled with me. She was like, please take this down. And I was like, I'm sorry. I can't do that. I can't take this down because this kid raped someone. This is the studio. I'm sorry you're in the picture. But I was like, I'll remove whatever you need me to remove. I'll blur you out. But I was like, I'm not taking that picture down. This kid fucking raped someone. And I was like, I'm sorry you're getting a backlash from that, but he is the person that did this, and this is the studio, and this is the best photo I can find of him himself looking into the camera. And so it was just a horrible experience. That's probably one of the worst ones. That sounds traumatic as hell. For one, just to listen to, let alone what the woman would have had to be going through afterwards. The, I, I, this is, I'm not going to ask you if like you're in therapy or anything, but maybe, you know, just, just some ongoing therapy, having to deal with this shit every day might, might be healthy. Um, You know, it's a shame, but it just comes with the job. You know, I didn't know that that was what was going to be entailed in this job. When I started, there was no manuscript. I just kind of go with the flow. Well, you know what? And I'm sure you would have heard it from thousands of other people, but I'm going to say it again out here to all our audience and to yourself personally for me. Uh, That was an incredible thing you did. Yeah, and I'm sorry it ultimately led to him being paying off the police, but you put him in a you put him in a really scary position. And thank I, thank you, and I know for a lot of women in the world, um, it, it here there are a lot of women that aren't heard, but globally it's it's far far worse. Thank you so much for doing that. So few people do. It's so impressive to me how far you go to help people, and I know that's got a weigh on you a lot. Um, what has been the most re- – I'm, I'm, like, all depressed and trying not to cry right now. What is the most rewarding thing you found while doing this job? I really did these questions in the wrong order. I'm a fucking <laughs> idiot. <laughs> like, I'm a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, I guess, like, it's, it's not one thing. I guess you could say, like, those other things I clearly, you know, I have stories for. But, like, the most rewarding thing is, like, the amount of messages that I get that are positive. Um, that's, that means everything. I get so many messages daily. Like I, it, you know, when I first started doing it, you know, obviously I didn't have the fan base that I have and I didn't have the following that I have. But like, I always said that I always gave myself three rules with this job. One, I'd answer every direct message that I ever got ever. And I still stick to that. Even if it takes me a while, I answer every fucking message. I don't give a shit how long it takes me. Sometimes I'll sit and my entire workday of 15 hours is going through and answering messages and just having individual conversations. I never blow anybody off. If they have questions and continue the conversation, I will continue the conversation. Um, and then I said, I'd do anybody's show that ever asked me to do the show. And then I said, I would always follow the rules that I set forward when I did this. And so I've tried to do that the best I can. And, but because I have that rule of answering every direct message, I get to actually genuinely interact with the people who give a shit. Um, obviously, I interact with the people who don't as well, but you know, yeah. fuck them. 
Like if you're like, here's an example of how I look at it. Like if I'm, if you're in a house party and you have like a circle of people all drinking, having a good time. And then, you know, you tell a joke and nine out of the 10 people in front of you laugh and the one doesn't fuck that guy who doesn't laugh. You're paying attention to the nine people who do. Those are the people that actually had a genuine connection and interaction in a positive way with you. You can either focus on the one guy who doesn't or the nine people who do. And I got to tell you, at the end of the day, especially online, way too many people focus on the one guy who's an asshole and they forget about all the other people who aren't. And so it's such a beautiful thing to be able to get all these messages from people who genuinely were affected in a positive way by something that I do. Um, And that means everything. I love that. That see, that's incredible. I love that outlook. And I think that's the right way, especially to look at online because there's so many fucking trolls. Um, we have about three minutes left to the show. I want to say, what do you want to say to everyone out there? Everyone that wants to do martial arts and everyone that watches your show. Oh man. Well, martial arts is a beautiful thing, man. The, the best part about martial arts is you can't lie on the mat. Like, and by lie, I mean, actually lie, like not lay down. Like you can't lie. When you're in a physical altercation with another human being, it is almost impossible to lie at that moment. You damn sure can't lie to yourself. You damn sure can't lie to them. That moment, you two are involved in something that is the most truthful moment you'll ever have with another human being, a fight. You can't lie about your cardio. You can't lie about your skill. You can't lie about your technique. You can't lie about the work you put in. All of it will be out on the table. And even when you argue with people who are like your significant other, think about every argument you've ever had with a spouse. What comes out? The truth. He started it. Truth bombs come out. They go, you said this, and you did this, and you did yeah. that. That's all the shit they didn't tell you before the fight. They felt it. They held it in, but that's the truth. And so I think the martial arts is one of the last true places that you can go and get utter truth. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I think everybody who gets the opportunity should at least do it once or twice. So that way you can have that moment of truth. I like that. Guys, go check out McDojo Life. I know we didn't get to a lot of things we were supposed to, Rob. I wanted to ask you about upcoming films, and we're at the end of the show. I'd love to have you on again whenever you have time. I know everyone loves uh, loves listening to you. If you'd be willing I'm to. I'm happy go. to come on anytime, man. Happy to come on anytime. I love talking oh. shop. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, go check out McDojo Life. We're going to put up a link. Follow him. It's he. What he does is incredible. Thank you very much for joining us on Behind the Scenes. I'm Summer Helene. We were on with my co-host, Bear Fjorda. You can always find him at Bear Fjorda. He's usually kicking stuff or getting sat on by Sam. I'm Summer Helene. This was Behind the Scenes. Thank you again to Robert McDojo Life. Check him out. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.